Hi, this is LaJuan Lowry. Every month, the paying subscribers of The Glenn Show get to submit questions to Glenn and John McWhorter, which they address in an hour-long bonus episode. We decided to start sharing segments of this monthly feature with free subscribers as well. Here is this month's preview. If you want to access the full Q&A and if you want to submit questions of your own, please subscribe at glennlowry.substack.com. Thank you. Here is a question, John. It's, it's from Jake. It's from Jake. Glenn and John, I can tell by your latest podcast on the Supreme Court decision ruling affirmative action unconstitutional that you both read the concurrences and dissents from most, if not all, the justices. What do we make of, A, the dissents being somewhat poorly rendered concerning writing style, some of it is confusing choice of words and actual jurisprudence content or the lack thereof, and B, the fact that Justice Gorsuch points that out, points that out in his opinion. The fact that Justice Gorsuch points that out in his opinion by implying that Sotomayor's logic is self-contradictory, quoting, opens fire on its own position, and quoting, but if that's true, what are we even debating? Both Sotomayor and Brown Jackson's dissents had a decidedly activist bent, in my opinion, this is Jake, and we're lacking in the legal and jurisprudential analysis that one might expect from a Supreme Court justice. I'd love to know if you have an opinion on that. I'll go first, John. Uh, I do have an opinion on that. I did read the opinions. I partly agree with Jake's take, which is that I thought, whereas uh, Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Thomas, who wrote the prime principal opinions for the majority and concurrence, were systematic, uh, comprehensive, uh, uh, clearly argued on the constitutional merits of their position. Uh, even to some degree, I've used the word magisterial in reference to Thomas's uh, sweeping survey of the history of the 14th Amendment and defense of the position that the uh, framers of that amendment intended to rule out racial discrimination to court, and not merely that kind of racial discrimination that disadvantages uh, Blacks, but racial discrimination to court. I thought Thomas did a good job defending that. And I agree that the dissents, in my opinion, I'm not a lawyer, but I've been around a while, didn't rise to the same level of constitutional argument. Rather, they fashioned a socioeconomic argument familiar to us now in our current day of uh, anti-racism, but not reaching to the question that I thought was the question at issue, which is, does the Constitution permit racial discrimination benefiting Blacks on behalf of the goal of, of promoting diversity in higher education. Uh, they rather said, look at the society is not a colorblind society. Race still matters for outcomes. We have racial disparities everywhere we look and therefore, and therefore what? And therefore 
the 14th Amendment should be read as permitting affirmative action. I didn't find that argument at all persuasive or even pertinent to the legal question because the legal question was never, is America a colorblind society? The legal question was always, does the U.S. Constitution prohibit racial discrimination? It's a colorblind constitution that the uh, majority in that opinion asserted, not a colorblind society. So that's my view. Um, what you said, and also, I suppose I was, I didn't find the dissent's slapdash, but I was disappointed that what their implication was, was that um, discrimination is okay in this case, and there's no moral question about it. And it seemed to me that what that implied, it wasn't that they were saying, we must out and out discriminate because society isn't equal. Black and Latino students aren't submitting scores as high. We must discriminate against Asians because their scores are too high in order to redress. Rather, what they seem to be implying was that racial preferences in university admissions are just a tiebreaker or a thumb on the scale. If you read the Brown and the Sotomayor dissents, you would read between the lines that that's what we're talking about, and that therefore, if you're going to call it, if you're going to call it discrimination against Asians just to divide the pie up in a certain way based on percentages in society, the implication is that that's petty, that that shouldn't be considered discrimination, or that there's a larger issue afoot. But you wouldn't have known from those dissents that you're talking about differing qualities of dossier and adjusting things on the basis of that. These people are arguing very passionately for keeping things the way they were while being coy about what the nature of the issue is. And in my experience, Glenn, you'll think I'm letting them get away with something, but I genuinely don't know. A lot of very smart and very informed people don't know. You know what, though? They do. They do. They are people who are, have been very close to the cases where it's shown that the issue is differing qualifications in terms of grades and test scores. Many people don't know that that's the way it goes because the mainstream media tends to be so coy about specifying. But these are people who know what cases have come through the nation's courts over the past 30 years. So they do know. But the dissents would rather not get specific about it. And I found that, you know what I found that? Given the two of, the two of them in particular, and really all three, given how brilliant they are, I found it mundane it, it seemed to me that when it comes to this particular issue, they didn't want to leave their couch as opposed to being truly objective, being judges on this. I'm very impressed with Justice Jackson's, it sounds so condescending as if I'm a legal scholar, but I think she's really, really sharp in general. She gets down into the details, but suddenly on this, it's it's just like a certain columnist I know, and I'm not going to specify who it is, especially because I'm not allowed, but there is a very prominent... <laughs> I already black, know who it is based on that. Prominent <laughs> black columnist who is brilliant about objective matters, brilliant about American history, can probably recite the Constitution backwards. But then once you get to race issues, this columnist suddenly becomes Stokely Carmichael. I felt a little of that here, and so... You know. Okay, so I'm going to read between the lines a little bit in Jake's question and amplify it in the following way. When uh, 
the president announced that he was going to appoint a black woman to the United States Supreme Court before Justice Jackson, uh, Justice Jackson's name was mentioned. Um, a conservative legal commentator, Ilya Shapiro, got into trouble for saying the Democrats ought to appoint the very best legal mind they can find to the Supreme Court. Instead, we're going to have to settle for a, quote, lesser black woman, close quote. That was Ilya Shapiro. Lesser black candidate. I lesser think black candidate. OK. In any case, what he said was don't do affirmative action at the U.S. Supreme Court especially if you're in the ideological minority on the court, because you want the strongest minds writing the dissents, which could be the foundation for future revision of the law. Uh, I detect in Jake's question the implication by him singling out Justice uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson and Justice Sonia Sotomayor that he's asking us whether we think affirmative action at the level of appointing people to the Supreme Court was in part responsible for whatever defects one might find in the, uh, the dissenting opinions that we've just been talking about. No, on Justice Jackson, I do not believe that. I've been, I've been watching and I've been really happy to see that she clearly has the chops. I would venture to say that most unbiased people would say that she has more chops than Amy Coney Barrett. I, so I definitely would not go there. I don't know enough about Sotomayor to say. I'd have to look into it. But with Justice Jackson, no, I, I have no reason to think that at this point. To all those who are hearing this conversation and who have information relevant to this question about the, uh, the legal, jurisprudential, philosophical uh, chops, uh, I welcome you to comment. Uh, I'm not in a position either to confirm or to uh, rebut what John has said, but I am watching.